0: You have been made with a purpose and given specific gifts to accomplish your mission. This is ReQuip. Stay tuned to gain insights, to prepare, equip, and empower you to do the work of ministry. And thank you so much for joining us here on ReQuip Ministries podcast. We are starting a new discussion and I'm really excited about this. I believe this is just one of those things that God is laying on my heart that God wants us to give this freedom and he wants to give us an opportunity of freedom. And the way that he's doing this is with a mind reset. And I'm calling this message, Warning Light. This is gonna be the first step. We're gonna really just identify the problem. And this is one of those things where, you know, it's not just a random topic. I believe that this fits into God's promise that he has for you. We need to recognize where we are. We have to. You know, what's the state that we're currently in? We live in a wealthy, well-connected society where everything is improving, where it seems that way. That's what people tell us that everything's improving. We can get information at our fingertips in seconds. We've never lived in a time like this. No one in history has ever had access that we have. Many people would say this generation is the most educated, wealthy, connected than any other generation in history. If we have progressed so much, we have to wonder why are we the most self-conscious anxious, depressed, diagnosed, and medicated generation in history. How could those two things exist at the same time? I believe the church should be a hospital. At least that's one of its functions. Maybe you've heard that before. The church is a hospital, but it's not a general hospital. It's a field hospital. We need to divorce ourselves from this false view of a clean, cookie cutter Christianity where we go into church to get better and to live our lives. We need church because we're in a war zone. It's like a field hospital on the front lines caring for friend and foe. The other big idea is we need to get healed up so that we can get back on mission. The Bible is so clear on this point. Our life is short, and we have a mission as the church. The fact is, where we are is not where we need to be, none of us. We need a mind reset because our mind is where everything begins. In fact, issues in our mind are often worse than other places because it even impacts our physical bodies. The battle is not only in your mind. A lot of it is from your mind. Listen to the, some studies from the National Institute of Mental Health produced some data showing that 25% of cancer patients experience depression. One out of three heart attack survivors experience depression. 33 up to 50% of anorexia patients have a mood disorder such as depression. Suicide, listen to this. Suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between the age of 10 and 34 and the fourth leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 35 and 54. That's coming from the CDC and the National Center of Injury Prevention and listen also to Rita Mae Brown. She says the statistics on sanity are that one out of every four Americans is suffering from some form of mental illness. Think of your three best friends. If they're okay, then it's probably you. We need to get back to God's word. We need to get back to what he says for us. He wants freedom for us. He wants healing for us. He wants to give us the opportunity of freedom. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we look around, we see what's happening in the world. We see that it's a pattern. That's why we can track it. That's why we have statistics. We don't need to fall into that. It's people that have put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And if you haven't, I'm gonna invite you right now. God is as close as a prayer. Anybody can receive forgiveness of sin. Jesus said, come to me and you will be saved. Anybody who puts their faith in Jesus will have eternal life. Anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, not by works it is by grace you've been saved. God gives the promise of freedom. When you put your faith in Jesus, you have the position of freedom, but you don't necessarily experience the presence of freedom. God gives the opportunity of freedom when God saved his people from Egyptian slavery, going way back to Exodus chapter six, six, and seven. But when God saved his people from Egyptian slavery, they were still going through a period of testing in the wilderness until they got to the promised land. The same promise is for us as well. Jesus's first message in public was this, as he stood up in a local synagogue, reading from the great scroll of Isaiah. And it's recorded by the Dr. Luke in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19, Jesus saying this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are being oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God wants to set you free. He wants to give you the opportunity of freedom. But we need to see, where are we? I remember, you know, so many times I've had, if you don't know this about me, I like cars. I like to, I buy and sell cars. We just go through a lot of cars. We, we find good deals on cars. We, we buy used ones, we sell them. That's just what we do. And I think we've all had those vehicles where those lights come on in the dash. I know I've had a lot of those because I've had a lot of used cars. Actually, all my cars have been used. But what happens when that comes on? What, what comes up in your spirit? What do you feel like when that light comes on as you're driving? It brings some feelings of anxiety. However, I'll be honest, it didn't always have that feeling for me. I only started to have that feeling because I knew how bad it could get when I leave the light on without taking it to a shop, without addressing the issue. Years ago, when me and my family, my wife and my two kids, we were traveling, we were in our minivan at the time that we used to have. And we, you know, we drove a lot back then. And a lot of it was because I was active duty in the military. And whenever I'd get some time off, I would go home, I would go to see family. And so we spent a lot of time driving and traveling back to go see family. But this one particular time we were driving and I love to just, I love cruise. I love having an energy drink. We have some snacks, you got the music going. And I know my wife, she has the music blaring. And if it's me, I like to hear a message or I like to hear some talk and and that kind of thing. But we were just driving, enjoying our time. And the low tire pressure light came on. I mean, seriously, this is not a big deal. Like, this is, this was like in one of my vehicles, I just always had the low tire pressure on. It didn't mean anything. Usually, it just means a sensor picked up that the tire pressure dropped below the pre- prescribed PSI level. Not a big deal. Seen this before. You know, I thought, Hey, I'll just pump it up at the next stop, not a big deal, just in case is what I did. I decided my family's with me, I'll go ahead and pull over, I'll I'll do the right thing, I'll check it out, I'll look it over, I got out of the vehicle, pulled over to the shoulder, went around, looked at all the tires, everything looked good, not a big deal, started driving again, turned the tunes up, just going down the road, not a big deal. Then it went a little while longer, and I think we heard a pop and then a clunking sound. We said to each other, "Me and my wife," and we thought, uh, "I think we might have a flat tire." And somehow we found ourselves limping along until we got back into the shop. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, "Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize?" About yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. We really need to test ourselves. When these warning lights come on in our life, we need to test ourselves. That's what the Word of God tells us to do. Listen to the context of this verse, it's right before it in verse chapter 4, and it says, For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. But in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. He's saying you are acting like you can be free on your own effort. But really, it's your submission and faith in him that brings you to freedom. So you need to test yourself. Are there any warning lights coming on? Is there anything happening in your life? Are you falling back into the pattern of this world? You need to renew your mind. You need some freedom in your life. The truth is what comes out of you is because it's what's in you. You ever said that slipped? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just not myself today. I can't believe I, I said that. Now I'm just having a bad day. In reality, if it came out of you, it's because it's in you. Galatians 5, 19, 20 says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality. And that just means any type of sexual relationship outside of man and woman in a covenant marriage. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, in, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and like these, things just like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't only come to pay for sins, but to give you freedom from them. You really need to get that revelation. Jesus didn't only come to pay for your sins, but to give you freedom from them. Then going down to the next verse, Galatians 5, and 23, it says, but the fruit of the spirit, this is the freedom you get to have. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Big idea I wanna bring to you here is that Jesus is the greatest and he designed you to follow it you are not who you were. i used to be paralyzed with false images of myself comparing myself to others or maybe some other future version that i think i should be but ephesians 2 10 reminds us that we are handcrafted for things god's prepared for us to do not what others do Or how they do it. You were made for a purpose on purpose. Too many followers of Jesus see themselves as an empty cup instead of a full one whose waters are just stagnant. You have Christ. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what God's word says about you. The reason you feel like you do is because you have stopped the water pouring into you which is supposed to be pouring out to others. This is what it means to quench the spirit as it tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. But before this verse, where it talks about quenching the spirit, it tells us what you stop doing to stop God's spirit from flowing in you and out of you. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So it's, it's telling us, don't get caught up in yourself. Don't get caught up where you are. You got to look outward. You got to keep moving forward. And then it tells you how. In verse 15, rejoice always. You got to get vertical. You got to worship. You got to rejoice. Verse 17, pray continually. You gotta ask God, you gotta seek him, you gotta confess things to him. In the verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. So I'm gonna leave you with this, there is hope. Maybe you've seen the warning lights go off and you've seen your mind is not renewed, you need a mind reset, you you have all these things, you've just ignored the warning light for too long. I love even how science shows God's word is true. And Charles Collar says it this way. It is now believed that thoughts stimulate chemical hormones. Acetylcholine produces a feeling of excitement. Dopamine introduces a feeling of well-being. Norepinephrine introduces a feeling of pleasure, contentment, joy, and love. Serotonin maintains generalized feeling of emotional security. In Ephesians 4:23 tells us in that you be renewed in your spirit of your mind. There is hope in Christ to be renewed. Yes, Jesus save you from your sin, but he also gives you a way to live a renewed life now. Now the context of Ephesians 4:22 tells us to do something with our thinking to shift our mind. Then our behavior follows. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by your deceitful desires. And we're gonna continue to explore this and following podcast, and I'm glad that you've jumped on board. Make sure that you subscribe to this. Make sure you do that and that you like and you share it with somebody that could be benefit for this because I believe that so many people, they put their trust in Jesus. They've been set free from sin, but they're still in bondage to their addictions. They're still in bondage to their mind, just keeping them captive and being held in the place where God never intended them to be. So I hope this has blessed you and make sure that you get this word out because this can help a lot of people. Make sure you get this next podcast that's coming out. You've been listening to Requip Ministries, and thanks so much for listening. And go ahead, head on over to our website for more resources. That's requip.org, R-E-Q-U-I-P.org. And you can always connect with me on social media as well. And until next time, we hope you follow the command to always be prepared for action.